All right, welcome to another Root Issues podcast where Steve and I are gathered around the table to discuss the cultural things in our world. We're bridging the gap. We want to bridge the gap between God's Word and what we see in culture today. We want to bring it up, and today we're going to be looking at how do we know we know God? That's yeah, a big question. It, it's a big question. Revelation and, 22. Yeah, it's just, we're wrapping up Revelation. This is the last, and we've been in probably the better part of the year. Yes, right? uh, absolutely. Of Revelation, and uh, just ending this wonderful chapter, so much in here, you know, wrapping things up and just seeing how the Word of God ends. What's the, yeah. you know, uh, and uh, so this question, how do we know um, we know God? This mm-hmm. is, uh, I think, a question that's bubbling up, um, and uh, the reality is that the book of Revelation it reveals, one of the statements we talked about was all of Revelation is a revealing of the heart, the affection we have for God and mm-hmm. his kingdom, or our heart and affection for the world and yeah. its kingdom. And then the ultimate outcome of Revelation is revealing those who are marked by the beast, by the yes. world, or those who are marked by God. So it's this ultimate revealing of who really knows him. And uh, there, and, there's, yeah. and this is why John begins the letter to the churches he pastored. They, he, was, he was greatly concerned for their mm-hmm. faith, for their endurance, for their uh, integrity to the word and the truth uh, in light of the culture yeah. of Rome and emperor worship and idolatry, all these yes. things that were creeping into the church. Uh, just like it is today. Yeah. And uh, so this is a question with everything going on in the world, right, uh, that, boy, uh, one that we must contemplate, and it should be at the core of our discipleship, right, of Mm -hmm. how we lead, whether it's kids and youth or adults in discipleship of, man, how do you know you know him? The assurance that we know God. There is really no salvation unless I have the assurance of my salvation. Well, absolutely, yeah. It starts Um, with the assurance of salvation, but then it moves into... Really, what's guiding and directing your life? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you make yeah. decisions? Right. You right. know? Yeah. Right, absolutely. So, you, I, yeah. I think we just did, you know, we went through 22, looked at several things in here. I know there's a couple of things you want to discuss, but then we're going to end. We have 10 things that yeah. uh, are from the book of Revelation. Actually, you could pull them even from chapter 22, but they're also yeah. throughout the entire Bible. Uh, it's not a, a complete list, though I think you can almost fit almost everything into those 10 questions. Those 10 questions in one are way or another. Powerful. And um, so we just leave these with everyone to contemplate, hopefully take them into their yeah. discipleship. Go them, take them to the dinner table with yeah. their family uh, in discussion because it's, it's, it's a big topic. Yeah, we'll be having a table set cards come out here yeah. late June. It's <laughs> hey, good stuff. Um, but no, and I, I want to just say, like, you know, you gave us a strong challenge of. You didn't give us your verse references for those questions. You challenged us to go find the verse references for those questions. And so why don't you rattle off those 10 questions so that people can just kind of pop them in their brain, and then we'll come back to them. Okay. And again, I think these are all from Scripture, but like you said, I just encourage everyone to go dive in, prove this, you know, look at the Word of God. Um, So how do we know if we know God? First question to help us really flesh that out that we should be kind of wrestling with is, uh, do we have a healthy fear of God? Um, do we have a healthy fear of God? Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that. Number two, do we relate to each person of the Trinity? Is there a relational, yeah. truly understanding of my relationship with the Father, with Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit? Uh, number three, do we embrace grace 
and repent quickly when we sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just shows, are we understanding living under the gospel, and do we understand the gospel? Number four, do we quickly forgive and not hold grudges? Again, Jesus was yeah. pretty strong, the Lord's Prayer, right? <laughs> we'll come back to that. Yeah. Number five, do we desire to please God or just appease God? Mm-hmm. What is our motive? Do we want to please him? Yeah. Six, do we counsel with God about everything? Or are we leaving areas yeah. of our life out, right? Number seven, do we experience the fruit and gifts of the Spirit alive in our life? The fruit, right? The character aspects, the move of the Spirit on us, and also the gifts, the practical ministry Mm -hmm. pieces. Number eight, do we enjoy extended time of personal and corporate worship? All through the book of Revelation, it shows anyone who knows God is, is involved in intimate corporate worship before the Lamb and the Father. Number nine, do we love and support the body of Christ, His church? Number 10, do we truly long for Jesus' return and his eternal kingdom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, maybe we just dive in a little bit. On yeah, uh, before we jump into, like, you know, the top 10 there, um, I want you just to kind of go over. You had this statement yesterday that Christianity is not. And I, I do, I feel like, like, we need to define Christianity again because I feel like, you know, even in my own life at times, there there are places where maybe it gets watered down or maybe a little bit too much of the cultural thought comes in. And really, when I think about it, it's like, I don't know how to biblically process what is in front of me. Yeah. Like, when I, when I find out, like, you know, maybe there's a middle school student or a high school student that I know that is struggling with identity issues and gender— right. I don't know how to biblically process it. And so you're like, oh, well, you know, God would love them. And, and they, God does love them. I'm not saying that he doesn't. But what I am saying that we need to really just dig in. I love the statements that you said because you started like Christianity is not. And so it's like, boom, if any of those thoughts are in your head, you're like, oh, well, that's real easy. I can just put a, a slash through it, slash through it, slash through it. Like if any of those things are part of me right now, right. I need to remove them and how I see and define what I attach my life yeah. and my relationship and salvation with God to yeah. and make sure I don't have anything weighing me down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I opened, we opened up, I think, yesterday in this, this idea of, well, um, do we want heaven without mm. God? Yeah. You know, um, uh, in other words, th- this is kind of, this is a big question. Do, do we really want him? And, yeah. And that's what the whole scripture is driving. Look at the Israelites. Mm-hmm. Right? They want the blessings of God. They wanted the blessings of redemption and salvation out of exile and all these things. But it but ends they up wanted showing a king. They wanted a king. They didn't yeah. really want God. Moses, yeah. you go take care of God. We're going to do our thing. And that's just repeated over and over, over again. Yeah. In other words, today, does the church, is there, what's the evidence of the church today that we really want God, his presence, him, yes. relationship, his presence and power in our life, his agenda, uh, versus we just want all the goodies from yeah. God, right? Um, uh, last night, I was one of the guys says, it's gumball. It's gumball theology. We just yeah. want to put the cord and we want the, want the goodies, yeah. but we don't really want um, a God. and. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's sad because if somebody is looking at the church today, what keeps them away, um, there's so many things. Uh, boy, even yesterday it came out less than 50% of evangelical pastors in America uh-huh. have a biblical worldview today. Yeah. That's a staggering, staggering yeah. um, statistic. 
So in other words, what are we, uh, we're confused about yeah. what is this, <coughs> excuse me, yeah. what is this that um, we call Christianity? What is it that Jesus came to do? And so we just kind of laid it out real clear. Christianity is not some other form of spirituality. Christianity is not some philosophy out there that we, people can, you know, one of option among many. It's not yeah. religion. It's not a path that we work our way to God like yeah. every other, right, religion in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about this radical, redemptive plan of God, the creator of all the universe, who at the heart of things wants a relationship with us. Yeah. And what it definitely is not is a political program. Yeah. Right. Which is what we are. And it's not a it's not a justice program. Now, yeah. that, that it's not a social justice program, meaning that, yes, we're all about justice in God's way with the gospel and everything. But <clears throat> it's not some avenue to be used yeah. to harness like certain causes out there outside of what God has given us. Yeah. Um, it is this just uh, amazing um, evangelion, the good news. It is what the world needs. It's what every person, mm-hmm. every tongue, tribe, and nation needs. It's the grace of God. It is this overwhelming reality that the one who breathes all of this into yeah. place wants a relationship yeah. with you. And, and he knows you inside out. Um, he's created you uniquely you, your personality, none like you in all the universe. And Jesus came to redeem you. Yeah. And uh, and that's a free thing. It's by faith. We just mm-hmm. as a little as a child, no one comes to, to God outside of being like a child. Right. Yeah. Arms up. Father, uh, Jesus, uh, come save me. I mean, when I think about that, like, you know, it really struck me because I'm like, OK, what is in my life that maybe is part of the culture today, but it's not a biblical worldview, not a way of looking at God. And as we've just been in Revelation and something hit me, it's this statement. It's like, I want to have a relationship with God but I want him to have a relationship with the person that I present to him. Mm-hmm. When I really look at my own life and my own self, I want to deny that he knows all of me. Because if he knows all of me, then I know I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. And I want to hide those things. And I think that's where maybe other people are at. Like there's this this mass. Like we want to put forth that religious view of who I am. But then when we really look at ourselves, we see how wretched we are. And we don't want to be reminded of that because it really shows a dependency for God. Yeah. And in this nation especially, I mean, it's like, yeah. dude, dependency? No, we're Americans. We, we, we've got this. We've got this. When really we should be like, God, you have to have this because I'm such a wreck. Yeah. I can't achieve anything without him. Yeah. And so I think there, yeah, there's this thing. And so when you just were rattling off what Christianity is not, I'm like, well, I've got some knots in my view yeah. that I need to clear out. Oh, I think we all do, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think just the political thing is such a big deal now. I think more of us, I think that's one of the things that yeah. early, early on, the kind of the beginning of COVID, that God started really revealing to me was, mm-hmm. wow, how much of my Christianity was, is, is, there's a political filter that got put on how I yeah. was raised, the environment I was mm-hmm. in, even all of the schooling I went to. This yes. is, boy, you get this filter of how you look at the world, and we yeah. have to boy, we have to replace that with a biblical filter, you know, and filter out the things that are not biblical, right? Well, yeah, totally. And, I mean, I think, you know, you were just talking, like, in the book of Revelation, during that time of its writing, there was this mixing of the culture, mixing of the world into the early church. You know, it was already, like, you know, Satan's plan and scheme to water down the church, to mix culture into that. And then when we look at it today, like, you know, there's just such a view of like, you know, well, you can't have a judgment. You have to be accepting. 
You have to love people where they're at. And all of those statements are true, but yet God has his measure that we have to align up to. And it says that he is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And that's so closed off, but yet it's from the Creator. It's from our Lord that we don't really want to attach to that. Yeah, what is the scripture from yeah. all through the scripture and, and Revelation really highlights this is he's called us out to be separate. Yeah, right? he's called us to be separate from the world, to be his children, to be his kingdom representative mm-hmm. as his church here on earth um, now. And that is a separation. It's a calling out. Jesus framed this as being in the world, but not of it. Right? Yes. And uh, what John is is hammering home in the first three chapters of Revelation. Yeah to the seven churches that he pastored, but is a letter to all of the church, yeah. right, is this idea of, wow, watch out, you're, you're in the, the world's creeping in, yeah. right? You're becoming more of the world, and you better wake up. Right? Yeah, You've totally. lost your first love. You you know, on and on, on he and on exhorts and on. those, I'm staying at the door, I'm knocking, I want to come in, but you've locked me out. Yeah. You, you claim to be rich and wealthy, and, and things are going well, but... He says, boy, you need to buy from me the riches, not yeah. the riches of the world. And on and on, right, yeah. he, he's he's calling, right, the church to purify itself, to be set apart, to be the beautiful bride ready for the bridegroom, mm-hmm. for his return. And, and that's kind of the essence of Revelation. It's kind of the essence of the entire book. Coming to the end, this climax of, yeah. come on, church, be be who I called you to, to be, be, right? Yeah. Be ready for me. Have the oil in the lamp, yeah. ready. I come like a thief. You don't know when I'm coming, and but mm-hmm. I'm coming, right? And I mean, when you think about that, too, it's kind of like, okay, so there's this statement that I think all of us are still craving. There's this hunger inside of us to be accepted in the culture, to be accepted of the world. So therefore, being set apart from the culture and from the world, that's like the opposite. Like, we don't want that. We would rather have the world's approval, man's approval, our community's approval that says, hey, oh, Chris, yeah, he's a great guy, versus approval from God. Absolutely. And so when, as we're going to jump into these these 10 questions here, because I think when we ask that question, you know, how do we know we know God? That question is going to reveal a lot on where do we want our praise? Where do we want to be seen as awesome and good? Do we want to be seen as awesome and good in God's eyes? Or do we want to be seen as awesome and good and super cool guy in the culture and in our community? You know, and so... Yeah, and also, right, we've grown up now decades here in the West of believing that if I go to church, I'm in. If I've said a prayer, if I went to camp or I walked the aisle at church and said a prayer, I'm in. Uh, All this stuff that is Mm -hmm. just not backed up biblically, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, Because Revelation, the persecution, the the fire of trial and test with our faith, all of this comes in uh, to these questions of really value. Paul says, right, into 2 Corinthians, examine yourself to Mm -hmm. make sure you're in the faith, right? Yeah. And we've shied away from this, like, oh, no, no, God's grace, he's yeah. He's done it. And that's true, but yes. we're to examine uh, the truth. So that's where these questions come and kind of go to a deep level of discipleship. Absolutely. Um, so the first one, um, do we have a healthy fear of God? I think the important thing here is people will immediately go, well, wait a minute, First John 3 says perfect love casts out fear. Well, if you read on, that fear that John is talking about is the fear of punishment. Absolutely. So perfect love, God's love, casts out the fear of punishment. In other words, John 
or Romans eight one says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, but it but but it does not cast out the fear of God. Yeah, over and over and over again, Old and New Testament, we have the exhortation: fear Him. He is yeah. worthy of praise. He is a mighty God. He, yeah. uh, Hebrews says He's a consuming fire. Our yes. God, right? So uh, there has to be a healthy fear of God. Uh, Proverbs 1, 7 begins, all of wisdom begins with, right? It, um, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, yeah. right? That's where we begin, right? Yeah. And I mean, I just wrote, like, to fear him is to worship him. And there's this adoration that comes in the awe of who God is. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, I have a fear of God, you know? And, and it's that, and Derek talked last week, right, yes. about transcendence and eminence. Absolutely. It, it is this idea of transcendence, the awe, the respect, mm-hmm. and, and that is all but gone in the church today. Oh, yeah. All but gone. No. Is that we have gotten eminence, we've gotten God so casual, you know, like, Jesus, my homeboy, this kind of stuff. Yeah. That's an abomination, by the way. So if you have one of those T-shirts, you know, yeah. that is ridiculous, right? Yeah. He's the creator of all the universe. He's the glorious one, right? <laughs> uh, he's the savior yeah. of the world. He's not yeah. your homeboy. You yeah. know, let's let's get that right. Um, so yeah, we begin there, and then uh, the second one says, "Do we relate to each person of the Trinity?" I think this is. I mean, if you could order these, I think this is yeah. maybe the most important. Um, because we're so missing this in our discipleship. Yeah. The very core to Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the Great Commission, is go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's not some... Uh, uh, Matthew is not speaking about some just ritual where it yeah. takes people through a water baptism. He's talking about an intimate leading someone into the love of the Father, leading mm-hmm. them, baptizing them, immersing them in the grace yeah. of Jesus, immersing them in the fellowship of the Absolutely. Holy Spirit. Yeah. And uh, it, we have one God, but he, he, he exists as three um, p- uh, persons, right? Yeah. Uh, who live in perfect love and community. And we are to understand and grow in yeah. our knowledge. Many people have grown up in church, and they have never understood the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, some have grown up in the evangelical world. We focus on the person of Jesus and yeah. salvation and everything. Um, and, and they miss the love of the Father. What's the Father's yeah. role in this yeah. whole thing? So. Uh, that should be core. My encouragement to anyone is, man, just step into discipleship. If you're sitting, you go, wow, I didn't really learn that. Is, mm-hmm. is this is the call to discipleship? Get in your church, right? Come and and let us get connected to someone that can uh, walk and flesh this stuff out. Well, totally. I mean, when you look at all three, I remember there was a time you asked me, like, hey, Chris, when you pray, who do you pray to? And I'm like, depends on what I need. You know, like I'm going to each person of the Trinity with specifics. Mm-hmm. I know that all three are there, all three here, but right. I'm, I'm seeing and I'm identifying them as different roles in my life. And when we talk about it, I mean, I think like the whole lack of discipleship and understanding this deeper stuff is they were all raised in the evangelical church. And so salvation was the key. Like, oh, I've accepted Jesus, so I'm good. Now I go live my life. But you are missing the full and abundant life. You're missing the power that God wants you to operate in. You're missing the ability to bring many more with you because of your relationships with them because you are inadequate in operating in power and trusting that God wants to use you to bring others to an enlightenment of he is the way, the truth, and the life. That's good. Absolutely. Um, number three, do we embrace grace and repent quickly when we sin? So this yeah. is just a, a question that really gets to the core of am I living under the gospel? And the, the, yeah. one of the key ways is what do I do when I sin? Yeah. Now, we all sin. Yeah. As believers, we're going to sin. Mm-hmm. And we do. Um, the question is what do I do? Yeah. 
And so if I continue to sin, yeah. right, I'm out of fellowship. If, totally. I, if, I, if I just let myself be under condemnation and guilt, I'm not under the gospel. Yeah. I'm walking away from fellowship with God, right? Because that's in contradiction yeah. to Romans 8, 1 again. And, um, and we could go on and on, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, but the gospel says, 1 John again, chapter 1, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, forgives our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says at that moment, we're seen in God's eyes as blameless. Yeah. That is the power of the gospel. And, uh, at, at, you know, at the cost maybe of being misunderstood or offending some people is yeah. we don't need a thousand steps. We don't need decades of counsel or anything else to live under the power of the yeah. gospel. By faith, I can lay hold of this mm-hmm. and let the gospel remove the lies and the bondage of the lies yeah. in my life. And, and really understand in the moment, right? Lord, yeah. I'm not going to go under condemnation. Forgive me. I repent. Uh, and Lord, come. And forgive yeah. me. Let me walk with you. I mean, yeah, like just the whole, just the repent. I mean, it's like, ah, we missed that one, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we know we've got grace. We know we're covered. We're in a relationship. And I'm the worst at like, you know, like I'm quick to say I'm sorry. I'm quick to say please forgive me. You know, to everybody else, but maybe not so much to God. You know, like, oh, but you're the one I have offense with because I keep sinning. I'm, I'm like a mess in that sense of, like, reminding myself, like, go to repentance with God and then really let's move over this hurdle so that I can be more effective for God in his kingdom. Yeah, I mean, over and yeah. over, the New Testament says, confess your sins to one yeah. another. And mm-hmm. and we uh, we just have not practiced that. There's, yeah. you know, uh, and that means we're to go to each other. Forget, I forgive, I repent, right, yeah. before people to receive forgiveness. Um, and we're to do that, obviously, with our spouses. That's yeah. a key point of a healthy mm-hmm. marriage. Our children, even, right? Everyone. Yeah. And then there's some, and then we're to do it with God on a yeah. daily basis. Forgive me, God. And but anything that's a public sin or involves people, we need to go to them and confess right, totally. our sins to them. And I would add there, if I'm in bondage to something that I just can't break out of, yeah. it's time to bring others in. Confess your sin, yes. as James five says, right? Confess mm-hmm. your sins, right, and healing will come. We bring in reinforcements, right, absolutely, to, to get breakthrough uh, where we can't on our own. Yeah. So, um, number four, do we quickly forgive and hold grud- and not hold grudges? Uh, again, the Lord's Prayer, part of mm-hmm. it is, Lord, this is pretty powerful, right? Uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. others. Whoa. Um, in other words, we're asking God. It's, it's, a, it's built in the Lord's Prayer. And if you read on in chapter 6 of Matthew, uh, Jesus makes it real clear. If we are not forgiving, he will not before the Father hold yeah. us up. And uh that's pretty powerful. Again, that reveals, do we know him? Do we know the gospel? Um, or, or are we holding grudges? Bitterness, yeah. Scripture says, it's like rots our bones, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and uh, it, this is the power of the gospel, the power of forgiveness. And what we talked about, it's really brutal. No matter how uh, bad that abuse is, yeah. this is really tough stuff. No matter how dark that abuse is in my life, Jesus calls me to forgive, mm-hmm. regardless of how bad the offense is, yeah. is to forgive and release that power, right, and to receive his grace. So no, that's a biggie, a huge one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and only the only believers under, have a context for forgiveness. This yeah. is important. In secular counsel and everything, people talk about forgiveness. There's no basis for forgiveness. Yeah. I forgive you based on what? No, I'm, yeah. I'm going to hold a grudge. You know, there, there totally. is no, yeah. the basis for us is the cross. Yeah. God's done it for us, and that's the only way I can truly live in the freedom of have of, that repentance right? and have that freedom. Yeah, so that's a huge mm-hmm. issue. Number five: Do we desire to please God, not just appease God? This is back yeah. to what you said earlier. Man, do I please Him? Pretty straightforward there. Six: This is a big one. 
do we counsel with God about everything? Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything. Now, I, that's pretty revealing. I think in yeah. my life, wow, there's certain, I just go out and make a decision because yeah. I, am I going to move here? I'm going to make this with my money. I'm going to make a purchase. Even. Yeah. What am I going to do? What am I going to do with yeah. my day? Hey, it's Memorial Day today. Yeah. Hey, what am I going to do today? I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Wait a minute. God, what do you have for me? Right? Yeah. Wow. I no, I mean, yeah, just that whole aspect of, like, pleasing God and and then just, you know, counseling with God. You know, it's like I want to know that I've done what my mission was for that day. Every day I have a mission, and I want to check in with my commander-in-chief and be like, what's my mission? That's you know, it, and it. I can get so task-driven and so production-minded. Yeah. I'm like, I already know what I got to do today. Yeah. I got, like, uh-huh. a thousand exactly. things. But right. he may have a mission, and then— and I've seen every time when I trust him with his mission for me, mm. everything is given back to me. That's good. I'm never short in production time. I'm never <sighs> produced something that wasn't growth yeah. from the last year's production. Yeah. Well, I need to learn that one, right? You know. That's a big one. Seven, do we experience the fruit and gifts of the Spirit mm-hmm. alive in our yeah. life? Pretty straightforward. All right, the uh, Galatians 5, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, yeah. faithfulness, gentleness. Self-control. Are those coming alive in my life? That's the evidence of the Spirit of God working. We cannot, you cannot buy our flesh. A human being yeah. cannot create those things in our life. Uh, that course, is the full and abundant life that he spoke of in John 10. Like, you know, everybody's like, well, what's the full life? Full life is life by the Spirit. My life by the Spirit. All and, those and not things just growing the, in you. Some of our strains would say just the fruit, right? Yeah. No, it's the gifts too. It's the gift. The fruit coming alive in my character, but also embracing pursuing the spiritual gifts so yeah. i can be partner with jesus in ministering like he did yeah. to people right um what else we got here number uh eight do we enjoy extended time of personal and corporate worship boy you know yeah. uh, that's at the heart of things um and um yeah i don't what, what else do we need to say about i mean yeah no, both those go together right it, re- <laughs> it reveals the heart like you know you know who do you enjoy spending time with Right. And if you enjoy them, then you enjoy spending time with them. And I think what's convicted me when this prayer retreat was that how much of my time in prayer before God is about me. Yeah. About my requests. Yeah. It's not totally. just being lost in, in his glory and, yeah. and thinking, you know, and putting him at the center. Yeah. Right. Woo. Number nine, do we love and support the body of Christ, his church? Um, boy, uh, in other words, we have this lie that's permeated the American church that you can love Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus, and, and not love his church. And not, not love and, his and, bride. And make, yeah. and make his bride something optional. Um, yeah. That, I think, is what God is stirring right now. That is mm-hmm. not an option. You cannot be on the fringe and continue in a healthy walk with God. We find that nowhere in yeah. Scripture, right? Um, yeah. So that's a biggie. Uh, number 10, just to wrap it up, boy, do we truly long for Jesus' return and his eternal kingdom mm-hmm. with him. Uh, come Lord Jesus. Uh, that should that should be the characteristic of the longing and, and the joy and the expectation yeah. of God's people when they get together. Come Lord Jesus. And I have to ask myself, how much do I truly uh, really say that? And of course, mm-hmm. lately, I think we've been saying it more often, right? But we just say it all the time. <laughs> but in a different you know, way. Like, in a different you know, way. Like, yeah. Let the end come now. I'm You're, okay with it. Yeah. But I mean, I, I love that because that one just, you know, struck a chord. Like, you know, when we say, come, Lord Jesus, come, we're, we're, we're really just calling, like, come and have community with us. Come and be with us. Let us see what you want to do. Let us, you know, turn our day over to you and see what you would do with it if well, you were in the lead. Yeah, and you bring up a really important point here is that I'm not truly going to long for his return unless I'm longing, come, Lord Jesus, come. Yeah. 
your presence and the power of your Holy Spirit into mm-hmm. my life and into our church right yeah. now. In other words, if I'm not enjoying and calling and expecting his presence, yes. his manifest presence uh, in when we worship now, well, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have a, a joy Absolutely. later, right? Those go hand in hand. No, and I mean, yeah, and it is. It's calling just, man, I want to be with you. You know, I want to spend time with you. I want to enjoy your presence. It's not always come, Lord Jesus, come. Like bring the end now. Show up on your white horse. Let let judgment pass and let's move on to the next right. you know phase. But it's it's like just come and be with us. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And so, hey, we have run out of time here on root issues, but I think we've covered everything. Hey, if you need to get in touch with us, you can email us at rootissues at ccasman dot com. Thank you so much for tuning in to this midweek Joe. Y'all have an awesome week.